0: Everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story, and we are in Leviticus. Uh, Chelsea and I just realized we only have like two days of Leviticus left, so that's kind of exciting.
0: <laughs> it is exciting.
1: Uh, Chelsea is weirdly really excited to get to numbers, <laughs> like
0: grinning from ear to ear because I'm just like it's not a lie. It's Leviticus weird. has been. <laughs> real journey for me <laughs> <laughs> so we just
1: read uh Leviticus what where do we start we started in verse or in chapter 20 yep um, and it, it, there's just like there's a lot of instructions like you guys know at this point like Leviticus is a lot of directions a lot of instructions
0: yeah and lots there's of details there's
1: a lot of details um, and God actually repeats himself quite a bit yes um, but I think like I, one of the things I really like and appreciate about what Chris is talked about through Leviticus and through different books is like, don't don't lose sight of like the overall idea. Mm-hmm. So definitely what we're getting here is even more the overall idea of the holiness of God and how important our personal conduct is when we are before God, which we're actually always before God. Yeah. Um,
0: the other thing I was thinking about as like preparing for this, today's reading, I was thinking about how taking application out of the Bible is a real... um modern way of doing things. Yeah. And sometimes really books good. in the Bible aren't always about how does this apply to my life today? Like
1: <laughs> it's it's tricky, right? Because it's all all scripture is useful for teaching, correction, yeah. that whole thing. But also probably not as as deeply personal sometimes as what we think. So right. it's possible that Leviticus chapter 20 is not specifically about you in right. your car right now. <laughs> it's
0: really possible. There's a good
1: chance. <laughs> but there is things to be learned from it. And, and like, yeah. I mean, honestly, one of the things that's, that's sort of heavy on my heart overall lately in my life, um, but definitely as I read through Leviticus, is, like, man, the church has lost the holiness of God, I think, hmm. in, in a lot of ways. In a lot of ways, um, we do not feel the weight of the holiness of God, because I think we've reacted against it. Like, oh, that's not how God is. Like, God is loving. He wants you. And he does. That's true. Right. But also, he's very holy. Like, this is God. This is our God, the God that we worship on Sunday mornings, on every other day, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not a different God. Right. And so he's the one commanding, like, make sure you do this right. And if you don't, there will be punishment.
0: Yeah. and um, Well, I mean, and it's, I think when you look at the New Testament and Jesus covers us and we are like when god sees us he sees the death and sacrifice of jesus um it is easy to be like well i'm covered like i'm good so for example paul was very acquainted with the idea of the holiness of god he he was raised that way but we had when he had an encounter with jesus his holiness the holiness of god it wasn't lost on him he was of he was understanding of the grace of god now um but the holiness of god was still something that he implemented, implemented in his life as you see from all these letters to the churches um it didn't stop
1: yeah of course like and you see that from paul like i mean his his life is driven by that holiness it's not like in his letters it's like well i accidentally killed a couple christians again today but god's probably going to forgive me anyway <laughs> You know, like right. he, I think he understood the weight, and that's like a little bit of a goofy way to say it, but he understood that weight, I think. And I think that is some of the weight that's lost on us a little bit that will be healthy for us to recapture as we go throughout scripture, because God's not going to become less holy.
0: Right. Yeah. Just because because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice that covers everything doesn't change the holiness of God. It creates an opportunity for us to come in right relationship with the holiness of God. And still I wonder, and you can correct me, I don't know, but when you're approaching God, just like the priests approached God, while we have this atonement sacrifice that is Jesus, I mean, do our sins or our defects, quote unquote, you can't see I'm putting doing quotes, <laughs> do they hinder us from God? I don't know. What do you think?
1: Of course. I, I think they absolutely do. I think, again, I think it's some of that is lost on us because we can handle that lightly. Um, so I, th- I think about like, Basically, God's whole story, right? It's, it's that there was this perfect garden where Adam and Eve lived in correct relationship with God. That's what they were designed to do. Mm -hmm. So we as humans have been designed by God in His image to desire and and be rewarded by and appreciate relationship with God. So God's whole story is this journey of God doing what He can to allow us to recapture that relationship. Mm -hmm. So what's funny is that when—or interesting is that all of these— rules, all these laws in Leviticus, is God literally telling his people, you need relationship with me. And in order to have relationship with me, this is how you must live. But what we do now Again, having lost a little bit of that holiness, is we read over this, and I can feel it in my in my spirit, in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I read over these these laws, I'm like, oh my gosh, like it's like yeah, some it's of like, this is heavy,
0: yeah, it's like suffocating. Some too. of this is tough.
1: <laughs> but what's funny is it's actually God saying, "This is what you must do to have relationship with Me. Mm-hmm. This is how we will go about restoring that relationship that you were designed to desire." Mm-hmm. And so, in in some ways, it's like it's like if I if I Uh, I want to go to Chick-fil-A and I put it into Google Maps and Google and Google Maps is like, this is how you get to Chick-fil-A. It'd be like me throwing my phone down and be like, well, that's stupid. (laughs) I want to go this completely wrong way because I like highways. (laughs) It wouldn't make any sense. But sometimes that's what we do. (laughs) Like, well, uh, Google Maps is so restrictive. It only tells me these three streets that I can drive on. Um. So I think, like, as we read Leviticus, and maybe you're not like me. Maybe you maybe, maybe you don't feel that way reading this. I'm just being very honest today.
0: Yeah, no, I, um, I feel that way too. It's just – it is. It's so, kind of suffocating. So this is
1: God <laughs> saying, like, hey, I want you. I desire you. I want you to be with me, and this is how I will tabernacle with you. This is how I'll be with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Um,
0: and just, like, so that we're designed to – want to be in relationship with God, the Israelites were designed that way. And yeah. just like them, the Canaanites were designed they that were way. were too, yeah. So if the Israelites are not set apart in their holiness, if they don't look different, the, the land that they're going into, the people in that land will never come to know God. How will they know? Again, it's a picture of God's graciousness
1: through the law. Also today, if followers of Christ do not like understand the holiness of God well, we will miss the opportunity that God is specifically giving to us in this moment to represent himself to the people around us who do not know him. Just like Israel was sent to the Canaanites, yeah. we are sent to the people at work, in the office. Look at this. There is application in this for us today. How oh, about
0: man. that? I'm, I take it back. You can apply Leviticus to your life all the time. Leviticus
1: 20. <laughs> Next time you feel like being a good example, just be like, Leviticus 20.
0: <laughs> oh, gosh. Don't do that.
1: All right. Fine. <laughs> Hey, guys, I uh, hope you're getting something out of this. I actually am enjoying this journey so, so much. If you are enjoying this journey as well, please share this podcast with your friends. Please leave us a review. Let us know uh, what you're appreciating. Uh, you can send us a message at podcast at uh, or you could also just put something on our Instagram or wherever we are. We're on Instagram and Facebook, God's Whole yeah. Story Podcast. So, yeah. yeah,
0: we'll see you tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Bye. Leviticus 20, beginning in verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Give the people of Israel these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living in Israel. If any of them offer their children as a sacrifice to Molech, they must be put to death. The people of the community must stone them to death. I myself will turn against them and cut them off from the community because they have defiled my sanctuary and brought shame on my holy name by offering their children to Molech. And if the people of the community ignore those who offer their children to Moloch and refuse to execute them, I myself will turn against them and to their families and cut them off from the community. This will happen to all who commit spiritual prostitution by worshiping Moloch. I will also turn against those who commit spiritual prostitution by putting their trust in mediums or those who consult the spirits of the dead. I will cut them off from the community. So set yourselves apart to be holy, for I am the Lord your God. Keep all my decrees by putting them into practice, for I am the Lord who makes you holy." Anyone who dishonors father or mother must be put to death. Such a person is guilty of a capital offense. If a man commits adultery with his neighbor's wife, both the man and the woman who have committed adultery must be put to death. If a man violates his father by having sex with one of his father's wives, both the man and the woman must be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. If a man has sex with his daughter-in-law, both must be put to death. They have committed a perverse act and are guilty of a capital offense." If a man practices homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman, both men have committed a detestable act. They must both be put to death, for they are guilty of a capital offense. If a man marries both a woman and her mother, he has committed a wicked act. The man and both women must be burned to death to wipe out such wickedness from among you. If a man has sex with an animal, he must be put to death, and the animal must be killed." If a woman presents herself to a male animal to have intercourse with it, she and the animal must both be put to death. You must both kill both for they are guilty of a capital offense." If a man marries his sister and the daughter of either his father or his mother, and they have sexual relations, it is a shameful disgrace. They must be publicly cut off from the community. Since the man has violated his sister, he will be punished for his sin. If a man has sexual relations with a woman during her menstrual period, both of them must be cut off from the community, for together they have exposed the source of her blood flow. Do not have sexual relations with your aunt, whether your mother's sister or your father's sister. This would dishonor a close relative. Both parties are guilty and will be punished for their sin. If a man has sex with his uncle's wife, he has violated his uncle. Both the man and woman will be punished for their sin, and they will die childless. If a man marries his brother's wife, it is an act of impurity. He has violated his brother, and the guilty couple will remain childless. You must keep all my decrees and regulations by putting them into practice. Otherwise, the land to which I am bringing you as your new home will vomit you out. Do not live according to the customs of the people I am driving up before you. It is because they do these shameful things that I detest them. But I have promised you, you will possess their land because I will give it to you as your possession, a, man, a land flowing with milk and honey. I am the Lord your God who has set you apart from all other people. You must therefore make a distinction between ceremonially clean and unclean animals, and between clean and unclean birds. You must not defile yourselves by eating any unclean animal or bird or creature that scurries along the ground. I have identified them as being unclean for you. You must be holy because I, the Lord, am holy. I have set you apart from all other people to be my very own. Men and women among you who act as mediums or who consult the spirits of the dead must be put to death by stoning. They are guilty of a capital offense. The Lord said to Moses, "'Give the following instructions to the priests, the descendants of Aaron. A priest must not make for himself ceremonially unclean by touching the dead body of a relative. The only exceptions are his closest relatives, his mother or father, son or daughter, brother or his virgin sister, who depends on him because she has no husband. But a priest must not defile himself and make himself unclean for someone who is related to him only by marriage.' The priests must not shave their heads or trim their beards or cut their bodies. They must be set apart as holy to their God and must never bring shame on the name of God. They must be holy, for they are the ones who present the special gifts to the Lord, gifts of food for their God. Priests may not marry a woman defiled by prostitution, and they may not marry a woman who is divorced from her husband. For the priests are set apart as holy to their God." You must treat them as holy because they offer up food to your God. You must consider them holy because I, the Lord, am holy and I make you holy. If a priest's daughter defiles herself by becoming a prostitute, she also defiles her father's holiness, and she must be burned to death. The high priest has the highest rank of all the priests. The anointing oil has been poured on his head, and he has been ordained to wear the priestly garments. He must never leave his hair uncombed or tear his clothing. He must not defile himself by going near a dead body. He may not make himself ceremonially unclean, even for his father or mother. He must not defile the sanctuary of his God by leaving it to attend to a dead person, for he has been made holy by the anointing oil of his God. I am the Lord. The high priest may only... Marry a virgin. He may not marry a widow, a woman who is divorced, or a woman who has defiled herself by prostitution. She must be a virgin from his own clan, so that he will not dishonor his descendants among his clan. For I am the Lord who makes him holy. And the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to Aaron. In all future generations, none of your descendants who has any defect will qualify to offer food to his God. No one who has a defect qualifies, whether he is blind "'lame, disfigured, or deformed, or has a broken foot or arm, "'or is hunchbacked, dwarfed, or has a defective eye, "'skin sores, scabs, or damaged testicles.'" No descendant of Aaron who has a defect may approach the altar to present special gifts to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he may not approach the altar to offer food to his God. However, he may eat from the food offered to God, including the holy offerings and the most holy offerings. Yet because of his physical defect, he may not enter the room behind the inner curtain or approach the altar, for this would defile my holy places. I am the Lord who makes them holy. So Moses gave these instructions to Aaron and his sons and to all the Israelites. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron and his sons to be very careful with the sacred gifts that the Israelites set apart for me, so they do not bring shame on my holy name. I am the Lord. Give them the following instructions. In all future generations, if any of your descendants is ceremonially unclean when he approaches the sacred offerings that the people of Israel consecrate to the Lord, he must be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. If any of Aaron's descendants has a skin disease or any kind of discharge that makes him ceremonially unclean, he may not eat from the secret offerings until he has been pronounced clean.' He also becomes unclean by touching a corpse or having an emission of semen or by touching a small animal that is unclean or by touching someone who is ceremonially unclean for any reason. The man is defiled in any of these ways will remain unclean until evening. He may not eat from the sacred offerings until he has bathed himself in water. When the sun goes down, he will be ceremonially clean again and may eat from the sacred offerings for this is his food. He may not eat an animal that has died a natural death or has been torn apart by wild animals for this would defile him. I am the Lord." "'The priests must follow my instructions carefully. "'Otherwise, they will be punished for their sin "'and will die for violating my instructions. "'I am the Lord who makes them holy. "'No one outside a priest's family "'may eat the sacred offerings. "'Even guests and hired workers in a priest's home "'are not allowed to eat them.' However, if a priest buys for himself a slave, the slave may eat from the sacred offerings, and if his slaves have children, they also may share his food. If a priest's daughter marries someone outside the priestly family, she may no longer eat the sacred offerings. But if she becomes a widow or is divorced and has no children to support her, she returns to live in her father's home as in her youth and she may eat her father's food again. Otherwise, no one outside a priest's family may eat the sacred offerings. Any such person who eats the sacred offerings without realizing it must pay the priest for the amount eaten, plus an additional 20%. The priest must not let the Israelites defile the sacred offerings brought to the Lord by allowing unauthorized people to eat them. This would bring guilt upon them and require them to pay compensation. I am the Lord who makes them holy. And the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons and all the Israelites these instructions, which apply both to native Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. If you present a gift as a burnt offering to the Lord, whether it is to fulfill... A vow or a voluntary offering, you will be accepted only if your offering is a male animal with no defects. It may be a bull, a ram, or a male goat. Do not present an animal with defects because the Lord will not accept it on your behalf. If you present a peace offering to the Lord from the herd or the flock, whether it is to fulfill a vow or it is a voluntary offering, you must present a perfect animal. It may have no defect of any kind. You must not offer an animal that is blind, crippled, or injured, or that has a wart, a skin sore, or scabs. Such animals must never be offered on the altar as special gifts to the Lord. If a bull or lamb has a leg that is too long or too short, it may be offered as a voluntary offering, but it may not be offered to fulfill a vow. If an animal has damaged testicles or is castrated, you may not offer it to the Lord. You must never do this in your own land, and you must not accept an animal from foreigners and then offer it as a sacrifice to your God. Such animals will not be accepted on your behalf, for they are mutilated or defective. And the Lord said to Moses, When a calf or lamb or goat is born, it must be left with its mother for seven days. From the eighth day on, it will be acceptable as a special gift to the Lord, but you must not slaughter a mother animal and her offspring on the same day, whether from a herd or the flock. When you bring a Thanksgiving offering to the Lord, sacrifice it properly so you'll be accepted. Eat the entire sacrificial animal on the day it is presented. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. I am the Lord. You must faithfully keep all my commands by putting them into practice for I am the Lord. Do not bring my shame on do not bring shame on my holy name for I will display my holiness among the people of Israel. I am the Lord who makes you holy. It was I who rescued you from the land of Egypt that I might be your God. I am the Lord.
1: Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM or you could actually email us at podcasts at podcastworshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you